Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. I am your host, Spencer, and I shall be reading this book to you and telling you what I think about it as I read it. Uh, I have various comments and jokes and songs and sound effects and and holidays at the end, at least for now. Uh, okay, um, if you would be so kind, uh, I sure would love a, a, a review. You could write a review. Five stars would be amazing. Uh, you can you could do it on various platforms. Uh, Apple Podcast is the big one, but I think Spotify has a rating system. Um, if you don't want to do that, go ahead and subscribe to the show anyway. Share this podcast with the people you know. Share it with the people you don't know. You can uh, tag me on those posts, or you can talk to me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at DictionaryPod. I think you know how to spell dictionary. Uh, You can email me, DictionaryPod at gmail.com, if you want to talk about whatever. If you want to leave me a voicemail, you can call the Google Voice number that is in the show notes. And what else you can do? You can do lots of things, and I've said that before. Um, I think that's fine. I'm looking for a little, uh, little song. If you want to write a little ditty, send a little song, a five or ten second song that I can put at the beginning of the, uh, of the, uh, show. And, uh, if you want to make your own little sound effect, which I'm doing that for now, uh, you can send me one of those too. All right, let's read this last section of page 276. The first word is... Uh, this is the, uh, let's see, We half of this episode is the short C-O-Q section. Not a lot of C-O-Q words. Uh, and then, then we've got C-O-R, and there's a lot of those. Okay, so the first word is uh, technically three words. It is pronounced Kokovan or Kakovan. Uh, let's see, and the emphasis, I think, is always on the last syllable and you don't really say the N sound. It's sort of a subtle. Kokovan. It is spelled C-O-Q, next word, A-U, next word, V-I-N. Noun from circa 1938. This is chicken cooked in usually red wine. And uh, so this is a French phrase, if you couldn't tell. And it means, this is a word for chicken. It means cock with wine. You know, the cock, the rooster, chicken, the hen, that's that's where it all comes from. Um, so yes, C-O-Q, it's very obvious when you look at the words. Um, so that's, that's that one, chicken in red wine. Uh, okay, my sound effect is going to be a weird one today. I'm going to do a little bit of this thing. Can't tell if you can hear that, but it happened. You probably heard the, the cheek slap more than the, the tone that I was supposed to be making. Okay, the next word is, I think it is pronounced coquette. There's three form, oh, yes, here we go. We, we, so they moved the pronunciation for this first form um, into different sections because there's a different pronunciation for the number one definition and the number two definition. Uh, so, let's see. It, it is a noun from 1691. The number one definition pronunciation is either coquette or co- uh, coquet. Coquet would be the other way. It is spelled C-O-Q-U-E-T, and number one is a man who indulges in coquetry. Uh, yes, coquetry, that is how it's pronounced, and we will see that soon. 
Number two, this one is definitely pronounced coquette. And the synonym is coquette, spelled with an extra T-E at the end. That is the extra French way to spell it. We will also see that one shortly. Um, And yeah, this is uh, just the French word uh, diminutive of C-O-Q, coq, which we learned means cock. Uh, But this one, this one, I don't think so much means chicken. We will get into it later. Okay, next word. It is, again, coquette, spelled the same way, second form, adjective from 1697, and it is a characteristic of a coquette. That one is spelled with the E-T-T-E. Um, and then the synonym, coquettish, C-O-Q-U-E-T-T-I-S-H. So characteristic of a coquette is either coquettish or just coquette, spelled differently. Confusing? It's very confusing if you're only hearing me describe it. You need to see this. It helps. Okay, next word. It is coquette again, third form. This one is spelled either the way that I spelled the other one, or you can also add that T-E at the end. This is a verb, um, an intransitive verb from 1701. Number one, to play the coquette, and the synonym is flirt. And again, we will be getting to the official coquette word shortly, so it'll make a little bit more sense, but yeah, to play the coquette, also just flirt, is to coquette. Number two, to deal with something playfully rather than seriously, and the synonym for everything is the word trifle. To deal with something playfully rather than seriously. So does that mean that there's a serious topic and you choose to deal with it in a playful manner and so you are coquetting? You have coquetted? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that makes sense. Uh, really, anytime you deal with something in a playful way opposed to uh, dealing with it seriously, I guess you'd be coquetting. Okay, next word. It is coquetry coquetry you could also pronounce it coquetry emphasize that second syllable Um, and then we just added the ry at the end of coquette this is a noun from circa 1656 and this is a flirtatious act or attitude so we saw this word coquette how do i want to say it coquetry Uh, We saw that in the number one definition for coquette or coquet, uh, that was a man who indulges in coquetry. So a man who indulges uh, in a flirtatious flirtatious act or attitude. That is what coquetry is. Um, uh, Yes, so that's why I was thinking, um, you know, when you look at the etymology for coquette, it just said cock. Uh, the, the French word for cock. And so that's why it's not so much of a chicken in this case, like the first word. We've gone into a new realm. Uh, okay, next word. It is coquette. <laughs> Do you see any repetition here? Uh, this is the one that is spelled with an E-T-T-E at the end. It is a noun from circa 1611. A woman who endeavors without sincere affection 
to gain the attention and admiration of men. So this, you know, clearly this is the more feminine word, the female word compared, you know, coquette, coquette, for some reason, we've added an E-T-T-E at the end of words when we want to make them feminine. And of course, these are incredibly uh, old words and terms that I don't think we really need to be using anymore. Um, But uh, let let me just reread that again because I wasn't totally paying attention. A woman who endeavors without sincere affection to gain the attention and admiration of men. Hmm. Yeah. This, you know, this, you can, you can um, bundle this word with a number of other words that people you like to use to talk about women. And I don't think the women like to use those words. At least they don't like to be called those words. So, uh, you know, that's what I'm gathering this word means. Um, But then if you look at the male version of this, it's, um, where did it go? A man who indulges in coquetry, a flirtatious act or attitude. So, you know, they're, they're similar definitions, but the, the female one, the woman one, has a lot more information, and I feel like a lot more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, connotion, there, there's more meaning behind the words in the, uh, the coquette, E-T-T-E version. I don't know if anybody else has seen that, but that's what I'm seeing. We can't get away from these genderized things. They're so ingrained in our language, our society, our culture. So so that's that. Uh, coquettish is an adjective. Coquettishly is an adverb. And coquettishness is a noun. And uh, yeah, it just says it's French. It's the feminine of coquette spelled the other way. Okay, moving on. We're still in the COQs, but we're not talking about flirting or chicken. Next word is coquy. And I think, yes, co- actually, uh, you can pronounce it, I think, either coquy or coqui. Coqui. It is spelled C O Q U I, noun from circa 1903. It is a small, chiefly nocturnal, arboreal frog native to Puerto Rico that has a high-pitched call and has been introduced into Hawaii and southern Florida. And the scientific name is, ooh, this is going to be fun, Eleutherodactylus coqui. I think I did it. Uh, it is from the American Spanish word coqui with the accent on the I, and, uh, which probably just means frog or this kind of frog uh let's see it's mostly nocturnal so it's awake at night it's uh, arboreal so it's probably in the trees uh i have heard these frogs in person i don't i don't know if i ever saw any i think i may have i don't believe i have any pictures but maybe if i'm motivated i will go look uh, but yes they're these very small frogs uh i was in uh, puerto rico for work a number of years ago and that, you know, that's the big thing, the, the coqui frogs. And I'm going to try to do this right now. In fact, if I had thought about this ahead of time, I would have made this my sound effect. I'm going to try to make the sound of, from what I remember, of this coqui frog. And I think I will have it close. I don't know if I'll be able to whistle quite high enough, but I th- if I'm remembering correctly, I was able to whistle it pretty good when I was there. Let me see. Let me, let me warm up. Please. Please let me warm up. Okay. 
is something like that. Uh, maybe I'll put in some real audio of a coqui frog uh, so you can hear the difference. But, you know, that's basically what they sound like. So at nighttime, if you're walking around, you hear that all over the place. It's it's pretty amazing. Okay, next word. I, I'm not going to do the, the frog sound effect. I'm just going to keep on doing what I was doing. It is coquina. So it's like coqui, but we added an N-A. Uh, this is a noun from 1837. One, a soft whitish limestone formed of broken shells and corals cemented together and used for building. I feel like I've seen this, but uh, it's it's an interesting it's it's an interesting way to build a building. Broken shells, like, do you actually see the corals and the shells in the stuff, in the walls? I feel like you do. I don't know. But it's, uh, yeah, coquina. Or no, it's just coquina. And then number two, a small wedge-shaped clam used for broth or chowder and occurring in the intertidal zone of sandy Atlantic beaches from Delaware to the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, that So that's must be clearly where they got the name of the cement from these clams and other things. They just said, we're going to name it after this clam that we killed and put in our walls. Uh, by the way, the scientific name for this clam is Donax variabilis. This is a Spanish word, probably a diminutive of the word coca, which means head, uh, alternative of coco, which means boogeyman or coconut. And I do feel like I remember when I got to coconut, I remember reading boogeyman. Why Why boogeyman? Uh, yeah, maybe, and maybe we'll post a picture of this clam. It's probably going to look like all the other clams. All right, next word. It is the first of the C-O-R words, and it is just C-O-R, core. First form, you can also spell it with a K. Noun from the 14th century, an ancient Hebrew and Phoenician unit of measure of capacity. Uh, and it just says it's, uh, well, from the lower Latin, chorus, from the Hebrew core with a K, with a line over the O. But capacity can mean different things. Is this weight? Is this volume? What is this measure of capacity? You're not giving me enough information here. Then I got to go look it up on my own. Uh, I don't know. Okay, next word. Second form of core, abbreviation for one, corner, two, coroner. There's a different there. We put an O in the middle, corner, coroner. Two, no, three, corpus, or four, corresponding. I think I'm getting worse. The next word is core again. This one has a capital C, and it is an abbreviation for Corinthians. Next word. I switched hands that time, and maybe I hit myself harder. I don't know. It sounded better. Okay, next word is coracle or caracle. C-O-R-A-C-L-E. Noun from circa 1547. A small boat used in Britain from ancient times 
and made of a frame, as of wicker, covered usually with hide or tarpaulin. Tarpaulin. Tarpaulin? Tarpaulin. Uh, and I think it's interesting that it's made from wicker. And at first, when I read that, I thought, well, a boat made from wicker is not going to float. That boat ain't going to float because it's made of wicker. Uh, but then it said it was covered in something, so there you go. That that helps. This word coracle is from the Welsh word spelled C-O-R-W-G-L, which I assume is pronounced similar to coracle, but not how my brain would work. Welsh is one of the more interesting languages in the world. Corwgoogle? Um, yeah. A small boat. I wonder, like, how is it different from today's boats? Uh, Maybe I shall find a picture. Next word. It is coracold or caracold. C-O-R-A and then the word cold. Now, uh, no, 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 no. Adjective from 1741. Of relating to or being a process of the scapula in most mammals, or a well-developed cartilage bone of many lower vertebrates that extends from the scapula to or toward the sternum. And coracoid is a noun. So, it's the process of the scapula in most... The word process there is kind of throwing me off. Um, But it's a bone or cartilage bone between, I guess it's sort of around the area of the scapula, which is your your shoulder blades, and your sternum, which is, you know, the front of your chest, basically. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar with this bone or, or something related to this bone. The etymology says it is from the Greek koracoides, which literally means like a raven. Ooh. Uh, which is from corax, which means raven, and there's more at the word raven. Um, so we must be getting close to uh, the prefix core something that's raven related. I feel like, uh, I don't know, maybe we will, maybe we won't. But anyway, that's a, that's a cool, a cool bone, a cool etymology. I like it. And then coracoid is also a noun, the bone and something related to that bone. Next word, it is coral, C-O-R-A-L, noun from the 14th century, one, uh, 1A, the calcareous or horny skeletal deposit produced by anthozoan or rarely hydrozoan polyps. So usually produced by anthozoan or sometimes produced, rarely produced by hydrozoan polyps especially a richly red precious coral secreted by a gorgonian. By a gorgonian? Uh, And the genus name of the gorgonian is corellium. What is a gorgonian? Is it a fish? And that it somehow creates... mm, I'm I'm sort of aware of this, but I am not coming up with it in my brain. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to look more into the gorgonian and how they create coral... Um, and, uh, yeah, these are, well, we could talk more about that at the end, but coral is super important, and 
all over the world, big chunks of it are dying because of climate change. Yay. So we, and we need the coral because it creates, helps to create the habitat for other plants and animals in the water. And if those die out, then our water is going to get all messed up. It's a whole cycle. We need to save lots of things to save all the other things, including ourselves. Okay, 1B for coral. A polyp or polyp colony together with its membranes and skeleton. If you ever come across coral, if you ever come across coral, um, don't touch it. Don't take any pieces of it. Just leave it. Leave it there. Number two, a piece of coral and especially of red coral. 3A, a bright reddish ovary as of a lobster or scallop. Um... Hmm, I wonder why that's called coral. Uh, well, partly probably because it's reddish and it's in the water. 3B, a deep pink. I am very curious to know, though, is the deep pink color that we think of as coral, is it similar to the red of the coral? Because so much of this is saying that it's mostly red, usually red. Uh, so that that's that's interesting. Why wouldn't we make the that red color called coral instead but uh, maybe i'm wrong maybe they do look the same but you between the word red and pink you gotta you gotta think those are not gonna look the same coral is also an adjective and coralloid is also an adjective something related to a coral and the etymology is not terribly interesting next word it is coral bells coral bells one word, noun from circa 1900. It is, uh, let's see, I think, oh, here we go. A perennial alum root, A-L-U-M, alum root, widely cultivated for its feathery spikes of tiny, usually reddish bell-shaped flowers. And the scientific name of this perennial alum root is Huchera sanguinea. So, why is it called coral bells? There is no etymology. I'm guessing that maybe it's partly because of the reddishness. Um, feathery spikes, though. I want to see those. We, we might need to post a picture of that one. Hmm. Okay, next word. It is coral berry. Coral berry, one word. Noun from circa 1859. A North American dwarf shrub that bears clusters of small flowers succeeded by red or white berries. The scientific name of this North American dwarf shrub is Symphoricarpos orbiculatus. orbiculatus. I think I said that right. Uh, a shrub has got flowers and berries, like most shrubs, I feel like. Okay, next and last word. It is coralline or caroline. And of course, the first thing that I thought of was that movie and book and character. Uh, but this one has one less L. It is C-O-R-A-L-L-I-N-E. And if you are ever confused about that movie Coraline, I mean, they make a whole big point about saying her name in the movie um, it's Coraline and not Caroline, but you can think of, you know, coral in the water. 
Coral. It's also a name, Coral. But this one's Coraline. Uh, okay, it is a noun from 1543. One, a Coraline red alga. And I assume that's how you pronounce that word, alga. It's, uh, you know, it's a red alga. Uh, that's the plant that... Um, and then it's in the water, and it's coralline, probably because it's red, and maybe it's near coral. Number two, a bryozoan or hydroid that resembles a coral. Uh, yeah, okay, thank you. I think I have spoken way too much in this episode, so let's quickly finish this up. First, okay, the words were kogovan, coquette, coquetry, coquette, Coqui, coquina, cor, cor, coracle, coracoid, coral, coral bells, coral berry, and coralline. And man, there were a couple that I uh, wanted to pick, uh, but 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 then I found other good ones. Let's see. I'm quickly reading. There was one that I think I may. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Uh, here we go. Okay. So I am going to pick the verb form of coquette. But specifically, the second definition, which says to deal with something playfully rather than seriously. And sometimes it's great, sometimes it's great to coquette, where you don't take anything playf... No, you don't take anything seriously, and you only take it playfully. Um, All right, so... What what do I have to do next? I need to read the holidays for this February 8th, which uh, you probably are not listening to this on. In um, some Mahayana Buddhism traditions, it is parin, uh, Parinirvana, ah, Parinirvana, with a P-A-R-I at the beginning, Parinirvana Day. What is that? Is that like partial nirvana? In Slovenia, it is Preseren Day. It's Propose Day. Who's celebrating Propose Day? Uh, let's see. I think that is good there. Fun holidays. It is Boy Scouts Day. I never did, never did nothing with the Boy Scouts. Uh, it was not a path that I took. I think it would have. I think I would have learned some very useful uh, things like starting a fire and you know not that i didn't learn a few of them later but i think i would have learned some good skills um it is extraterrestrial culture day laugh and get rich day if i could get paid to laugh that would be the best job ever can we make that happen it is national kite flying day national molasses bar day opera day yeah, proposed day. It uh, shows a picture of somebody proposing. Uh, let's see. Anything else? And safer internet day. Uh, safer in so many ways. I think that would be great. Uh, let's see. Safer to get less people being hacked. Safer where it's uh, people aren't getting, especially kids, aren't getting bullied. How can you make? How can you do that other than changing the people's minds? I'm not sure. But yes, let's make a safer internet. All right, that is enough. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.